Welcome to Been There, Done That, a pandemic survival podcast. In this show, we'll be talking to some real-life experts on how to get through this time filled with unexpected changes, challenges, and maybe even feelings of hopelessness. And those experts are everyday people like you and me. Turns out we may be more prepared for this moment than we realize. So let's get started and see what we can relearn. I'm here with Patrick Jackson, a uh, lecturer uh, in the Gender, Race, and Identity uh, Now Department at the University of Nevada, Reno. And uh, so you might be familiar uh, with Patrick Jackson. Uh, he's also sort of the, the coolest guy in town, as far as I'm concerned. And um, I asked uh, Patrick to join me today to talk to us about what are some things that maybe we've already been doing um, and things that we need to keep in mind and remember if we're going to be going outside, which is highly suggested, everyone should be doing it, going outside and getting some fresh air and some outdoor time. Of course, keeping your six feet distance uh, from strangers and people that you aren't familiar with. Um, but uh, Patrick, what can you share with our K-Wink listeners about um, what are some things that we might have already experienced, tips that we might have already been collecting that we maybe need to be reminded of, or new tips for folks who are interested in going outside, being in the snow, uh, being by the water, uh, and just being uh, still human in these times and in our beautiful city of Reno. Hello, Felicia. Yeah, I have been thinking actually a lot uh, about those questions uh, over the last couple of weeks. And in relation to what you're saying about how we all have a background, I think, you know, in terms of being outside, uh, we all have a background, I think, in being outside as kids and interacting with the natural world and, mm -hmm. and concrete ways. It's something that I think we, we tend to take for granted, I think, in, in our society in general. But we also live in a place, Reno, in which people are very much engaged in the outdoors and, and recreating in the outdoors. And uh, I think we can also wind up taking advantage of that, too. Um, and there's nothing like being cooped up in your house for a week um, to realize how much you might take, you know, for granted the fact that you can walk outside and, and play in the snow or, or fish in the river or walk along. Uh, you know, a path in the forest, um, you know, sometimes those can feel distant. But I think in relation to what you're saying, I, you know, I think it's good for all of us to have a reminder that we need to stay engaged in uh, not just the kind of communities that we're, you know, engaged in outside of our homes or wherever we're social distancing, but also with the, the natural world around us. And so, um, yeah, I mean, as I said, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about that. It's, it's something that's really important to me as a dimension of my life. And it's also something, you know, one of the stresses I think I have with the current situation where we're, you know, we're uh, cooped up in our houses is that we don't, we don't have direct access to that. Um, so, you know, one of the things I think I would do is maybe reiterate to people how important it is to be outside. And, you know, when we're talking about uh, the outdoors, I think a lot of times people uh, get images in their mind of like a, you know, a, an Instagram post, or a magazine article and an outdoors magazine and they assume that to to enjoy the natural world or, or participate in the natural world you have to be engaged in some kind of crazy extreme activity but I think just walking outside of your house especially in a place like Reno you have direct access um, even sometimes not walking outside of your house but you know looking at what's going on in your yard or looking at you know, the different, uh, the different birds that are in your neighborhood can be a direct connection. That's really important. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, so here's the thing. You and I are very different with our interactions with the outside world. So uh -huh. I leave my house 
to go pick up the newspaper. I, as in like two steps down, I leave the house with a key to collect the mail. And that's maybe like uh-huh. three steps. Um, when, when there's grass uh, to, to mow, uh, I mow the grass. Uh, when the trash cans need to be taken out and brought back in, I do that. So that's, that's my level of like outdoor interaction. Uh, uh-huh. What is, uh, so, so I get what you're saying, right? Like if uh-huh. that's what you got, maybe do a little bit more, maybe walk around the actual neighborhood. Yeah. Maybe, maybe stop and give yourself more, more actual physical time to notice things, right? Yeah. Like, I think, uh-huh. I think we're all sort of like indoors uh, in our day-to-day lives right now, noticing our heart rates, our mm. breathing and lack thereof, yeah. uh, the clutter <laughs> in our house, uh, uh-huh. things that need to be, quote, done, groceries yeah. that need to be picked up. So you're saying, uh, for those of us who uh, are maybe more on the do less tip, maybe start to do more and make some time yeah. for noticing things in the natural world. But what about for the use in the world, the Patrick Jacksons who are used to skiing right now, who are seeing some fresh powder and are feeling yeah. the call to shred any NARS. Uh, and yes, these <laughs> <laughs> These are hard times. So, <laughs> so are. what are the tips uh, for folks who are um, the kind of people who, in order to deal with life, need to yeah. have a lot of physical energy exhausted and yeah. now feeling the limitations potentially of that? What, what are your, what's your guidance yeah. for you? Well, I, yeah, again, this is something I've been thinking a lot about. I, when I was up um, last time I went skiing when Mount Rose was, uh, was still open, um, you know, the last day I skied was a beautiful powder day with about a foot and a half of snow. And then, of course, I drive home and, and the resort closes for the for the season, which is uh, a bummer. And I think a lot of skiers experience that. And the first thought that came to my mind as a skier who uh, can can travel in the backcountry was, well, you know, no harm done. I'll, I'll just focus on traveling in the backcountry. But I was also really aware that the conditions in the backcountry now uh, in Tahoe, when we get a lot of snow like that, especially after we've had a long dry spell, the snowpack is not stable. Uh, the backcountry and traveling in the backcountry is actually really not very safe. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, as I said, that, I took a step back and had to think a little bit about the consequences. And I think one of the things that uh, people who recreate in the backcountry are pretty familiar with the idea of assessing the risks of of uh, any given activity you do out there. But usually when we're assessing the risk, for instance, in backcountry skiing or boarding, we're thinking about the risk to ourselves or our party or maybe other people out on the hill. But I think really, you know, the last week has caused me to maybe uh, reflect on shifting that to think about what the consequences are for the broader community of those kind of activities. And I know a lot of people who are engaged in, uh, in the backcountry community are are really asking people to uh, assess the risks of an injury or a crisis in the backcountry right now. I mean, any any crisis in the backcountry necessitating assistance is going to draw a lot of resources. Um, you know, any search and rescue operation, even that's really straightforward, um, is going to involve a lot of manpower and a lot of uh, a lot of resources, and uh, that you know that's really something that as somebody who is, is used to being able to, to engage in those pursuits, you know, I really have to reflect on that. So I've, I backed off. I think it's a good time to make a shift from thinking about playing and recreating in the back country to focusing on the front country. You know, so the let me, let me, that's so, all around us. Yeah. So let me, um, let me get this clarified. So none of the ski lifts, none of the ski resorts are open right now in Reno. 
in Tahoe? No, uh-uh. I think everybody's closed now. I think that, you know, as far as Tahoe goes, I think, you know, a couple of the smaller areas were uh, staying open, but I think they finally all closed. So I think everybody shut up shop now. And of course, you know, there's also, as you were saying, a pent up demand to go out and play in the snow. I mean, we've right. had a really dry January and February and everybody. Yeah, the snow is finally powder. here. I know. Yeah. And it's so beautiful in the high country right now. But it's, uh, you know, it's it's really, it's really not a great time to be traveling. Um, the, the snow is stabilizing a bit, but there's still some issues with the snowpack. And, you know, the other thing I would say is that anytime I go out in the backcountry, I understand you know, a simple problem or, uh, you know, injury in, you know, in the backcountry is, is a major problem, especially with this much snow, soft snow. Um, and I think that, you know, in this, at this time, I think it's just not something that, you know, for myself, I think is a great idea to entertain. I think the good news is, I mean, you know, and that's kind of depressing, I think, for a lot of people who look for that, whether it's in a ski yeah. area or in the backcountry, but, the good news is, is that it's a time for us, like I said, to maybe focus on the front country things that we enjoy doing. And I think hiking, uh, trail running, just walking, um, you know, we're really, really super fortunate in Reno to have access to amazingly beautiful places, even right in the, in the middle of the city. So I think, you know, it, you know, regardless if you're somebody who's super gung ho and out there in the, in the mountains, uh, 24 seven, or if you're somebody who maybe is, you know, is more focused on your house and your day-to-day work world. I think this is a great time to get out and explore. Cause I think, you know, there's, you know, I'm constantly finding things that are close to my, my house that are um, amazing um, to explore. And I think right now it's a, it's a little bit more of a challenging time to be out uh, walking, hiking, uh, running, because we have a lot of snow down close to the Truckee Meadows floor. But I think as the weather warms up, that snow will start to disappear and there's great trails uh, all around. So I think for now, you know, just a simple suggestion, you know, what I've been noticing in our neighborhood, there's lots of people out and about walking and maintaining social distance. You know, as I was saying before, you know, interacting with the natural world is as simple as going outside and and kind of clearing your mind, taking a deep breath, looking around. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you talked about awareness, and I think that's a huge part of it is kind of being aware of the world around you, uh, maybe the wildlife that's around you, the plants, the trees. Um, you know, we are fortunate in Reno to have the Truckee River, which is a beautiful river, a wild river, um, even though I think sometimes it gets a, a bad rep and it's, and it's downtown parts um, and it has its own problems. The Truckee is a beautiful river. And uh, there's there's walking and um, bike paths all along the river um, from the east to the west in, in Reno. So there's tons of access points to get on the river, walk on the river. Um, there's really accessible paths as well for people who might have limitations um, in terms of mobility. And there's also really cool uh, stuff that you can do that's a little more uh, hard scrabble to, you know, to get off the beaten path on the river as well. And it's, it's really accessible. I mean, you know, even people living down South or in the Northwest, you know, it's usually a 10 minute drive to get down onto the water and walk. So I would really recommend that we have some great resources um, in terms of places to interact with the natural world on the river. Um, the nature conservancy has a beautiful stretch of the old McCarran ranch out east of town, close to Mustang. Right. And uh, it's beautiful paths out there, really, really accessible, as I was saying. Um, and, and a beautiful spot, just really a uh, beautiful spot. There's, 
the we have Oxbow uh, Nature Area, which is close, right close in off of Second Avenue, in you know maybe a half mile from downtown, which is really nice natural area uh, along the river. And we have areas like Crystal Peak Park out to the west and Verdi that are again areas that you can very easily get down close to the water and the kind of natural world of the river. And, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to move around a lot in the river too. That's the other thing. The river itself is moving. Um, you know, there's lots of good places to sit and just spend some time outside in the sun and the fresh air. Uh, I think the thing that, that, that I've noticed is that when folks are over by the river or out and about, whether it's just walking, uh, in midtown or walking around, um, the downtown area, um, I've noticed that part of what happens is, you know, Reno, we, we have a, a pretty interesting city-wide tradition of so many crawls. And uh, mm-hmm. part of the, the crawl culture, right, is that you're moving, knowing that along the way, there are places for you to stop and get a beverage and maybe get a bite mm-hmm. to eat. And so during this time when we are being encouraged and people want to be out uh, taking walks, uh, taking hikes, uh, getting in uh, different sort of both air and sights, there is nothing for you to stop uh, and go into though for that beverage or that meal. So I think yeah, Felicia, the this other is, tip. This is the challenging part of nature. Yes. So, oftentimes so, not concessions. Right. So so this is so the tip would be like yes, get out and remember uh-huh. to bring your water and remember yeah, to bring totally. some snacks for yourself and whoever else that you might be walking with because there is no oh wait I'm really thirsty now I'll just pop yeah. into there is nothing right like you you are your own hike guide <laughs> and concession stand now it's. It's a one-stop shop. Um, yeah, no, so. definitely. And that's a, good, that's a good reminder, I think, to everybody when you are going to go outside, especially if you don't have a lot of experience, to make sure that you're ready to deal with what you're going to be looking at. Like I said, you know, there's definitely a lot of snow and ice on the trails around town, and a lot of the trails aren't really uh, accessible right now. But, um, yeah, as you go out, make sure you're bringing water with you, a little bit of food. Um, know your limits, you know, it's not, not the time as you were saying to really press your limits. And I know right. that that's hard for a lot of people. Um, but I do think, you know, that, uh, that there are easy ways that, that we can connect. Uh, you know, I think it's a great time to pack up a picnic. And if you're socially isolating with other people, you know, get out with those people and enjoy time outside. Like today's a sunny day. You know, this, you know, the weather has is, is been unsettled the last couple of weeks, probably will be for the next week or two, but, um, but soon spring will be here. People are going to want to be out in a responsible way. Um, and yeah, you know, think about packing a picnic, spending some time outside. There's a lot of really interesting and cool research that's looked at the effect of being outside in the sun and open air on our immune systems, on our stress levels. Um, and, you know, I think now, especially when, when all of us are under, you know, different kinds of stress in our lives, uh, simply being outside, you know, outside of, you know, maybe thinking about the natural world is important. I know I just read an article in Medium on the treatment of patients during the 1918-1919 flu pandemic. Uh, and they were being, a lot of patients were being treated in open air clinics. So they moved hospitals essentially outside. And every day the flu patients would be, well, for one, they were housed in open air tents where air was allowed to circulate directly through the tents. And then they were treated in in the tents. And also when the sun was out, they would wheel the patients out into the sun. And they found they had much better 
success rates, mortality rates were much lower and morbidity rates, um, complications from the flu were much lower in the open air clinics um, where they could do them. They can't do them everywhere. The other thing that they found is that the immune systems of the health workers in those environments were much sturdier. So I think, you know, there's a message there um, for all of us that it is stressful to be inside. And, you know, I think some people are built to be inside and focus on kind of interior lives and and some people aren't. Um, But I think for anybody, it's super stressful. I mean, I think we all know as, you know, we've all been sheltering in place, uh, you know, those of us that can uh, are fortunate enough that we can do that. You know, you're in with a a handful of people in an enclosed space. It, It, puts a lot of stress and strain on you. Yeah, so I think no, that, absolutely. You know, thinking about the mental strain is another part sure. of what we're all dealing with. There's, there's a reason why, uh, for those of you who've never been to a hospital uh, or had any uh, regular testing or procedures done, uh, I'm immunocompromised and, mm-hmm. and I'm in a doctor's office or in a hospital quite regularly. And so for folks like me, we're already pretty used to the idea that um, the light fixtures have been changed out so that you see the clouds, right? Uh-huh. So when yeah. you're on a table and you're looking yeah. up, yeah, the no clouds problem. are above you in the light. Right? And mm-hmm. that's intentional, right? Like that's by yeah. design yeah, no, that people are wanting to, uh, you know, tap your memory and your mm-hmm. ability to imagine that you're someplace else and that someplace else isn't inside your home. But someplace else is outside and being outdoors and being able to really sort of make that make that connection with the natural world. And so I definitely I definitely hear that and and feel that. And I think that, you know, one of the things that um, is super interesting to me as someone, again, who's not a big outdoors person, is that um, northern Nevada has these really beautiful natural plants that Mm -hmm. everyone calls weeds. And uh, I asked somebody once, wait, that's a weed? It's beautiful. It's got this beautiful purple flower and you don't even have to put down any seeds and they just pop up in all the places that I would want to have put a flower. I don't understand. How is that a weed? And somebody once told me, told me, well, it's a weed because I didn't plant it there. <laughs> and so I think the thing is that I, I would like to invite us all to uh, maybe reframe or reimagine what a weed is and reimagine what a crisis and an emergency is um, because those weeds are my favorite flowers. They are resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They show up and they grow and they're beautiful regardless of somebody mm-hmm. wanted them there or not. And they are still here. And mm-hmm. so in order for us to learn anything from our natural environment and to want to also still be here, we need to look to the natural things that are showing us the way and guiding us how to do it. So yeah. um, maybe, maybe we should look around and not see ourselves, this predicament and each other as weeds that need to uh, somehow go away that perhaps this uh, great leveling uh, that we seem to be in uh, is something that is actually going to produce some really wonderful community resiliency and appreciation of what we already have. So yeah, thank you, definitely. Patrick, for, uh, for the time. Uh, This has been There, Done That, your Pandemic Survival Minute. This is Felicia Perez. Stay well and stay human.